Welcome back to episode number 30 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice, and that is all of our voices. So keep the questions and comments coming. Keep the information flowing to me because I'm getting a lot of good feedback, and yesterday was stellar. You guys did a great job sharing the show. I think I had five or six shares of just yesterday or uh, my previous number 29 episode. I think it was two days ago I posted that one, and it uh, it had a huge number of, of uh, uh people that had seen that on Facebook and uh, my, my daily download was still ticking up. So you guys are doing a great job. That's exactly what we need to do. If you want to be part of this community, I'm trying to help uh, generate and help extend because the community's there. It's just, we don't have a, a, a mouthpiece and I'm, I'm not necessarily wanting to be the guy, but I don't hear anybody else doing it. So if somebody else is jumping in there and doing it, I, I'll collaborate. I'll, this is an open source. There's enough room for all of us, um, and, and I'm good with that. So keep spreading the word, and it seems to be working, and uh, I'm getting more and more likes every day, getting more and more people sending me comments and questions. So thanks for doing that. You guys are doing great. Um, a couple things I wanted to talk about today, and they were mostly from um, – comments that I got through through the NP dude a um, couple were messages and uh, and the other one was a comment on my blog page and so what the first thing I want to just go through and they're all separate topics so we'll just do a hodgepodge show today and we'll we'll go through each one separately and because they are very independent the first one was somebody sent me a note and said hey I got this thing stuck on my front door that said you've got a certified letter and uh, you need to come to the post office and sign and pick it up and the first thought was, oh, crap, I'm getting sued for malpractice. <laughs> and, and I don't know if that's the way to go, right? I mean, it, it could be. But, man, it sure, sure, you know, if you're not expecting to get sued because you're doing everything right, you don't know what's going on, and you don't hear from anybody, and nobody's asking for records, uh, chances are it's probably not a lawsuit, you know, for malpractice. And, and there's a reason that our malpractice insurance is significantly less than physicians. People tend to like us more. So you would probably have heard you know, grandma wasn't doing good or you really messed up somewhere and somebody was asking for records or you would have gotten a letter from an attorney stating that they're, you know, representing so-and-so or on behalf of their, you know, <laughs> their, their kids because grandma died or something and that you um, need to forward, you know, the, um, the, the records to them so that they can have them reviewed. So usually you're going to have some kind of an idea that, man, something went south. And so to go there to that place of, man, I, I screwed up automatically, and I, you know, I don't think I would do that. You know, and, and I was joking with this person on in the message, and I said, well, maybe you, you want a major award like you know, in a Christmas story and you got a leg lamp or something and they just need to de deliver the sucker. So I, I wouldn't freak out about it, but it, it was a good point that, man, how, what, what's the normal process for a lawsuit to happen? And there is no normal but here's what I would do if I was a plaintiff's attorney and I wanted to see if I even wanted to take this case. When you do a malpractice case, it's typically on contingency. Not always, but it usually is on contingency. So the lawyer is going to get paid approximately one-third of the earnings that they win. So they do everything out of pocket. Now, sometimes they'll split costs for expert witnesses. So if you have to have a nurse or a physician or a nurse practitioner or someone review records or a pharmacist or somebody like that to review records, you're going to pay them out of pocket. So it just depends. Sometimes that's buried into the contingency. Sometimes it's not. So you've got to be really careful what you're looking at with your agreement with your attorney. 
as a plaintiff's attorney, as a plaintiff asking them to sue somebody. So what you typically would do, what I would do, is I would send a letter saying, hey, I need these records. And it would be innocuous. It wouldn't say as a, you know, as a part of a lawsuit, blah, 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 blah. but you're going to see a legal letterhead that's going to say, we need to see these records. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to go back and look at those records and say, did I screw up somewhere? And you're going to look at your notations. You're going to look at the medicines. You're going to look at what you found and, you know, physical assessments. And, and you're going to be like, yeah, I feel, I feel pretty safe. You're still going to provide it. You can't get rid of it. And I've talked about that before. That's spoliation of evidence. Because if a lawyer's sending you a note saying, I, I need this information, and you say, eh, I don't have it anymore, <laughs> then, then uh, you can get in big trouble for spoliation of evidence. Plus, you could probably get in trouble with the board, and you can. And there's a whole bunch of other insurances issues and contracts with insurance companies. So there's layers and layers of problems if you try to get rid of that documentation. But at the end of the day, you're going to give it anyways. And same thing with the certified mail. You're going to go pick it up anyways. You're, you know, some service of process. People are worried about, you know, oh, you got to be touched with this piece of paper. They're going to get you. You know, you can't duck service of process. You got to go to work someday. They'll show up there. And there's other, there's other rules about service of process that if, if they send it to your place of business and somebody that is eligible to collect uh, mail on your behalf and things like that, it's considered service of process. So you can't duck that. You can't hide from that. So just go get your certified letter. You're going to get it anyways. The, the bigger thing is it, that, that from my standpoint is you would know, right? You're going to get some information that's asking for, for this. And, and the reason I'm going back to that is, and I'm sorry, I'm jumbled, but going back to why I would ask for it is because if I was doing it on contingency and I was going to not know for sure if I was going to get paid or not in this, I need some more information. I'm not just going to go on some, you know, upset daughter, granddaughter, grandson of, you know, grandma that just died and they're blaming someone. So are they emotional or do they really have a claim? And I need to see some documentation. I'm going to have, I'll probably pay out of pocket to have one of my, you know, expert witnesses take a look at it, all the information in there and say, did they die because of this person? And if they say yes, absolutely, then I'll take the case. And if they say, eh, I don't know, it's a big fight, then we'll, we, we got to figure out where the battle of the expert witnesses are and, you know, what's the likelihood of, of winning that case and how much am I out if I take this case and don't win. So that's what they're, they would probably be doing. No, no one's going to take a contingency case unless they know for sure. Now, they can say, you know what, give me ten grand. We'll put it in, into uh, what we call an IOLTA account. In Ohio, we call it that. Uh, it's an, and I think that's pretty standard language everywhere, but it's interest on lawyers, something, something. And, and basically, it's an account that you put it in that's, that is um, it's protected. It's, it's, uh, you can't see, you know, the, the money in there. You can't subpoena it because it's attorney client privilege. So it's kind of like, it's like a hidden account that's not hidden. You still have to give it to the Supreme Court, but it's still, it, it would just sit there and then you would send them a bill. So like I worked, you know, did th three hours of work this week and that's, you know, at 250 an hour, that's 750 bucks. Um, you would send them a bill on a monthly basis and you would chew through that, that money. But it's basically, um, you know, upfront money that you're, you're putting on retainer. So it's basically retainer, but not, it's not a retainer because it's for a specific purpose. So <clears throat> that's probably more than you need anyways. But the point being, you're going to find out some information about this in a lawsuit before you take the case. And to do that, you need the records. So now could they have gotten your records through the office manager and she didn't tell you? Maybe, but my bet is if you have an office manager that's worth a crap, they're going to come up to you and say, hey, we have a legal letter asking for, you know, 
Sally's, you know, Jones's records, and um, I have to, I'm going to give them, you know, they have to pay for them, you know, the time to produce them. You don't just give them to them. They'll, you'll, you know, say it's 10 cents a page or something like that. And then you'll sell them the, the paper, but you, you in the, the time to do it. But you're going to know about it. And you're going to look through it and you're going to double check and make sure there's nothing in there that's really incriminating. And if it is, then you're, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to call your malpractice insurance and your personal attorney and say, uh, I got this guy over here. Jones, Jones and Jones are asking for, you know, uh, uh, or Smith, Smith and Smith or Dewey Cheatham and how, whatever, right? Whatever lawyer, legal law firm you want to call them. They're asking for this records. And you're going to, you know, it's an impending lawsuit. It's you, now you have notice. So your malpractice insurance, you know, you should notify them. Not when you're getting a certified letter, though. Like, you don't know what it is yet. But if it's a certified letter that says, uh, we're just giving you notice that we are intending to sue you. Yeah, that's a, that's a big call to your malpractice insurance. Right now. Don't wait. <laughs> don't wait a day. Call Sunday night. That's fine. You can do that. Um, <clears throat> so... That that's kind of where I'm going with that. So I wouldn't freak out about a certified letter sticker that gets put on your door. It could be, you know, maybe you, you, you know, some long lost heir that died is giving you money or something. You just don't know what it is yet. So don't freak out until you know. Don't 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 lose even a, a minutes of sleep over a certified letter stuck to your front door. It could be this the government sending you some stupid thing about something. Maybe it's the board asking for information for something. You just don't know what it's for. So don't freak out. So I think I beat up on that one enough, but the, but the process for the lawsuit I think was was kind of important to go through because that's going to be most of the ways that you're going to find out you're getting sued is somebody's going to be asking for your records. That's that's probably number one, and and the the number two is you know you're you're um, if you don't get that then that's a really dumb lawyer and I wouldn't be too concerned about it that you know if they're already trying to sue you and they have no records. They don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't know if they're going to get paid, or they're doing it on an hourly basis. And these the the plaintiffs, um, they're just going to milk their their client for all they they're willing to pay them on an hourly basis. And then they're going to say, yeah, you don't have enough for this claim, and they'll drop they'll they'll say uh, you need to stop. <laughs> and so you're it's going to go away anyways. But it creates a headache. So I wouldn't freak out about it. Get some rest. It's Sunday night. Watch The Walking Dead or whatever it is that you watch, and then, and then uh, you know, enjoy enjoy your time. Have a nice adult beverage and relax. It's not a big deal. All right. The second thing I saw, and somebody sent this and said, "Hey, here's a heads up. There's a post on Facebook that is talking about this issue, um, this new issue, and um, it would be a good one to talk about and mention." And I was kind of, I saw the thread, and it was one of those threads where I was like, "I don't know if I want to get involved because." I just don't want to listen to all the different opinions on this one because to be honest with you, I, you know, I don't really, one way or the other to me, it doesn't matter. And here's the issue. Should you have to pay or what is your thoughts about paying for preceptors when you're in NP school? And my, my philosophy is, I don't know, whatever, dude, it depends. It just, it, and there's my favorite answer, right? It just depends. If you're aware of the issue that it's ex expected in your area that you're going to pay for your preceptor and your school doesn't tell you about that, I'd be pissed because I want to know every cost 
the, the, the reason I went to Malone was I went there and I sat down and she gave me the invoice for two years of school and said, this is the bottom dollar, right? Here's the number. And I said, I appreciate that because if I went to Akron or any of the state schools, they would have told me per credit hour and then they'd t- nail me with a bunch of fees and I have no idea what the cost is. I want to know exactly what it's going to cost me for two years. And so that was important to me. That might not be important to somebody else. And somebody else on principle might say, you know, I don't think I should have to pay for a preceptor because I wouldn't charge. It should be the, you know, the good kindness of, you know, uh, taking care of the profession and things like that. And part of me is that way too. I want to, I want to say, yeah, I'll, I'll take some students when I'm, you know, competent to do that and able to, to see the number of patients I need to plus take on a student. I'll do that. That's not a problem. Um, would I expect payment? No, I guess I wouldn't, but don't get me wrong, it's extra work. And so, you know, to entice people to take preceptors, I think that the schools are going to start having to pony up this money or they're going to have to get contracts kind of pre-established so that they can get enough um, clinical sites for their for their students. And I went to a place where we didn't have to pay for our preceptors. That wasn't the expected in this area. And the other thing was they didn't get them for us. So we had to find our own, and I had no leveraging power. And I talk about you know having uh, negotiation power and contracts in a lot of my other episodes. Go back and listen to that. You know, the, the Google negotiation, and you'll you'll get the, my theory of negotiation power. If I have no negotiation power, and I go and I'm begging, I'm I'm begging is what you're doing to get preceptor sites. So, you know, you got to sweeten the pot somehow, right? I mean, they, you can uh, remind them that they can get hours for their CMEs for or for, for their continuing eds for uh, AAMP and ANCC. Uh, okay, that's that's important, but man, I can get a ton of them online free, and I don't have to do that much work for them. So, I, it's it's a it's a hard sell, right? It's it's important because they can, but it's still a hard sell. Um, one of my clinical instructors, not through my program, but she did online students as well. It was for pediatrics. She told me the previous student, which was literally the semester before, um, the school came and gave her like a $500 gift card, um, for taking the student. And so, but she didn't expect it. She was like, wow, that that was kind of nice. I didn't, I didn't expect that was going to happen. I didn't do it because of that, but I kind of liked it. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence on it. I guess I don't, it doesn't really affect me right now. So I don't really care, but, um, I just think that if you're a student now in your, your area in the country or your school is expecting that you are going to pay, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people that were struggling to find clinical sites that probably would have paid, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars because they were working as an RN to get done with school because they were looking down the end of a barrel of a gun saying, man, I'm, I might not graduate this year. I'm going to lose more than 600 bucks if I don't graduate this year because I got to retake the class next year. And you know, that pushes me out a year of not getting extra income and everything else. So I think it's an important, it's, it's important to know about it. And it's important for those RNs out there that are going back to school to be educated that you may have to pay your preceptors. Now, one of the things I saw last summer, I knew some people that were struggling to get their clinical sites at the last minute or things fell through and that always happens, right? Um, and there was an agency that was going around similar to like a headhunter agency for when you're done and you're going to get a job, but they were a headhunter to find preceptors and place students with preceptors throughout the area. And they were paying at that time, they were paying $15 per clinical hour. 
was the number that was quoted. And I, I think I saw the email. So, I mean, it was pretty, it was around that number. I saw on the Facebook thread, I went through and read it. I didn't, I think I made, a, made one comment, real innocuous, nothing big deal. Or I may have even started typing and deleted. I can't remember. But I saw a number of $2 an hour to be a preceptor. And um, that may be the case where you are. I, I just don't know. But the, the number I saw last year was like 15. It was 12 or 15. It was a pretty big number. So just know that you're maybe having to pay that and you aren't going to probably get, you know, the student loans may, may or may not cover that be out of your cost of living portion of student loans. So if just, just be aware of it and add it up and say, okay, I need, you know, 700 and some hours or whatever it is for my clinicals at 15 bucks an hour, man, that's, that's a decent chunk of change, right? So 700 times 10, 7,000 right there. That's another $7,000 added on to your, you know, $25,000, dollars $60,000, $60, depending on where you're going to school. That's a decent chunk. That's anywhere from 20 to 30% increase in cost. You know, 15 to 25%, somewhere in there. But anyways, you get the point. So just know about it. Be aware of it that you may have to do it. And you may not need to, to if you can get somebody that you know or like or trust that will say, you know, I'll just take you without a cost. But if it's the norm in your area, you might be you might be screwed. You may have to pay for it. So that was a good point. That was a great one. And I I, I really appreciate someone saying, "Hey, heads up," because that's awesome. Because you know, the more I'm working, and the more my, you know, my kids are getting busier in spring and Cub Scouts and everything else that's going on right now. Um, I, I'm 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 getting more and more limited on my time to just surf through Facebook like I was able to when I was you know waiting for credentialing to be done. So I appreciate that. That was awesome. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, and this is going to be something that it's going to be, um, it's extremely opinionated because it's my opinion. And that's what that, I guess I want to start off with. My opinion is my opinion and your opinion is your opinion. And I appreciate your opinion, but your opinion may not change my opinion. And mine certainly may not change yours. And that's the way it's supposed to be, right? And so um, this this is in response to, um, the episode I did just a couple of days ago it was this last week about my view on the repeal of the Affordable Care Act and replacement with the new American Freedom, whatever the Health Care Health Freedom Act, whatever it was called, right? And so, my my view of that, and go back and listen to that show. And if you listen to that show, then go to my face or to my website and look at my website under that show. And there's a comment, and it was a lengthy comment, and I approved that comment because I appreciate that comment. Now, that being said, if you listen to my show, I bash everyone. <laughs> and, and my point of view is I don't like government. I don't care if they're a Republican or a Democrat. What they both want us to do is fight over the nitty-gritty, nitpickety things. And at the end of the day, neither of us, you and me, and I'm talking to the commenter right now, um, we, we have no control over it. That's my point. So when I do look at Fox News and CNN, and I do watch MSNBC, or MSNBC and uh, um, you know, all these others, I, I scam through them all, right? But I don't have a lot of time to watch all of them. So I like to just get a flavor of what they're both complaining about because you're somewhere in the middle in reality. So when I said... There's no real major changes. I was I stand corrected. There was one change or two changes that were brought up in that comment. Now, do I think they're as big a deal as that commenter is making it sound like? She's an FMP student, uh, from what the comment said, and my guess is that she's in her one of her 
classes where she's being forced to do online posting and arguing back and forth. And so she was in that mode and it reminded me so much of an NP school. I was like, Oh God, um, I just, it's so one-sided of it. And, and, and that's fine because I'm not on either side on this. I think they both suck. They're both screwing us. Okay. So here was the two issues that were brought up to my attention. One was that, um, Planned Parenthood, uh, defunding under this Trump care. And I don't have a problem calling it Trump care because I, I could care less what they call it. We'll call it Trump care because I can't, I can't remember the other name of it. Um, and, and in there, it's going to be defunding of, of uh, Planned Parenthood is, is proposed. And I, I don't think it's going to happen. That was what I said in the other episode. So I wouldn't freak out about some of these things that are in there. This is the first pass. It's going to go back through. They have a supermajority. They could jam it through. You don't have any control over it anyways. Being aware of it's important, though. And so I appreciate her pointing that out, that there may be defunding of Planned Parenthood. Because it could affect the resources in your community. And that's important. So I agree with that. Be aware of it, but you don't have any control over it. I don't have any control over it. Do I want them to de defund it? I don't know. I don't. I don't use Planned Parenthood in my my community as a resource, so it doesn't. It's not in my circle of influence. I can't. It has no influence on me individually, so I don't have any control over it at the federal level, and I don't use that resource, so it doesn't. It doesn't affect me. It's not that I don't care. It just doesn't affect me. Okay, so when I, when I see something like, I would hope you would use a better point of view. Well, number one, this is my opinion, right? And you have your opinion. And that's why I leave the comments there. And that's why I will always, always, always approve them unless you're spamming me. Okay, so that when I see those comments come through, I, I promised I will always post those and I will. I will, I will always approve them, even if it's cr so critical that it hurts and stings. And that one doesn't hurt and sting because I don't think I was being unfair or picking a side. I was hating both of them. Um, so when, when you say, please be open-minded, I don't know what you're talking about. So w when I said, yeah, I don't think there's many big changes there, uh, you know, okay, defunding Planned Parenthood, it doesn't affect me in my, in my sphere of influence. So I didn't think about it, to be honest with you. I don't know how big of an issue it is. Now, when I see statistics, and I saw the statistics about, you know, abortion and women, and, you know, I, I don't think that um, defunding Planned Parenthood, in my opinion, is a, is a way of um, saying that you are sexist. I, I don't see that. That, that, that is an MSNBC um, narrative, and that's a talking point. And that's, you know, you're bought into that. That's, that, that's your opinion. I don't, I'm cool with that. That's, if that's your opinion, great. That's not necessarily mine, but I'm not, that's not what my point was. My point is don't trust either one of those, <laughs> those left leaning or right leaning news. You know, I, just because I don't like Rachel Maddow doesn't mean that I like Sean Hannity. I don't like him either. Okay. So, you know, that, and that's something that you can learn from as well is that when you have someone that disagrees with what you're saying, it is not an endorsement for the other side. That's what the political people and the government people want us as a society to believe. Because I don't believe that the Affordable Care Act was good doesn't mean that I think Trump care is great. <laughs> right? They want us to think in, 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 in polar opposites. If you think that guns are bad, then, then that, that must, or I think that, you know, gun control is, is bad. That doesn't mean that I love guns. Although I do like guns. I'm a gun guy, right? I just, it's just, I'm, I'm a hillbilly, you know, I love them, but I believe in safety with them and they're locked up, you know? So I, I mean, there's always common sense. Um, 
so you you got to be really careful on on how you you view other people's opinions because if if you think that my opinion is is um that I you know like the republicans and, and endorse one thing because I'm bashing the, the 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 democrats that's wrong I just don't like that democratic view it doesn't mean I'm buying the other one no I bash republicans all the time I, I actually think the more and older I get, I think that the Democrats are more honest in their opinions. And here's why. The Democrats will tell you exactly what they think. They, they want gun control. They, you know, all these, these social issues that, to be honest with, I don't even really care about them. And it's not that I don't care about the issue. The problem is, is that we can't control it. It's at the federal level. <laughs> we can't do anything about it. Yes, you can march on Washington all you want, but they're still going to do their backdoor deals. And what you say and do isn't going to change anything. It just isn't. It's a waste of energy. So change your local community. That's what I mean. Spend time in your community. Do good things for your community. Don't waste time in Washington. They don't, do, they don't give a crap about us. Go work at the food bank. Volunteer time checking blood pressures. You know, do diabetes education at your church. Do stuff like that. That's the good stuff. That's what you're supposed to do. Not waste time worrying about what the federal government does and whether they're going to defund Planned Parenthood because you can't control that. You need to know about it, but you can't control it. Okay? Did I beat up on that one enough? I hope I didn't beat up on it. And I'm not trying to be mean because it was a good point. And then the other one that she pointed out that was, um, uh, oh, and I was going to say this too. She said about 3% of, um, of the f of things done at um, uh, three percent of resources or something along that line at uh, Planned Parenthood or for abortions, and I don't know if that's true. I don't know, so I, I I'm sure it's a lower number than what you would expect, and and but but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the federal government's gonna they're either gonna do it or not. Right. And that's why hard cases make bad law in the Supreme Court. It's the same thing here. These are social issues that do both polar opposite. Fifty percent of the country is going to be one side. Fifty percent is the other side. And you're not going to convince me to be one way. And I'm not going to convince another person to be another way. And I'm, and I'm not even saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying it, you're fighting the wrong battle. <laughs> it's not worth the fight. That's why I said don't trust any of the bastards. <laughs> OK. All right. So the other thing was um, in that comment was about defunding Medicaid and um, it was linking a website a viewpoint from uh, a Kennedy I think it was a congressman I don't know I, I watched it real quick and, and it was a fairly innocuous exchange but it was an important point that Medicaid expansion uh, defunding is planned it's in there it's going to happen under Republican. Now, to what extent are we talking about? And that's something that could affect your community. So that is a good point. Now, do I agree with it? I don't. I hate taxes for everybody. I don't think we should do it that way. I just think, and and just the way it was done under Obamacare. I just don't. I don't agree that it was done. And go back and listen to what my view of of the future of healthcare episode, and you'll get a better flavor of it there. But my viewpoint was, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, that that it was not done for insurance purposes we're not we didn't expand insurance we expanded welfare we're giving poor people a handout we need to call it what we need to call it we have to be honest about that calling it health insurance for pre-existing conditions is not insurance it's welfare it's it we know what the cost is going to be to treat diabetes and a diabetic we're giving them the, the expense the, the cost for that and i'm not saying that's that's wrong maybe we should be doing it 
But the point is, is we're calling it the wrong thing. Let's call it what it is so we're not confusing and being political about it, backdoor deals and everything else. And it's so convoluted, and, and, and I really meant it. I think there's so many backdoor deals done, and they pretend to hate each other on Capitol Hill so that they can get people like like my commenter to be really angry with the other side so that they get them entrenched on their camp and they can count on that district going this way and that district going that way. And as long as we keep 48% of the pe people on one side and 48% of the people on the other side and 1% like me, that's in the middle saying, I'm not even going to participate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm growing food in my backyard and I'm working in my community because that's what matters. So that that's that's my point. I used to be on one side and the other, and it doesn't matter. You could be on the side. It does, and that's okay for you if that makes you happy. I, I'm I'm a free guy. Do what you want to do, but you know I, I I'm not gonna comment on my on that thread that's on my page because it's just gonna open up a can of worms of of you know this re you know this reference to this citation and this one says that and this one and then it's the battle of oh well that citation isn't good and it's just I used to do that on you know you know t five ten years ago it's not worth the energy it's not worth the energy all it does is get you aggravated have a beer or a glass of wine take a breath <laughs> and go work in your community where it matters. That's my point. So thanks for listening, guys. I know I harped on that one a lot, but it just it, it was like I, I, I don't know I don't know where it's coming from that I'm I'm being one side or the other. I'm bashing both. <laughs> you know, I think I'm an equal opportunity hater. I hate them both. So um, if you guys think I'm wrong or you got a different flavor, please comment. Comment on this show. Comment on that show. Send me a note on Facebook and say, Jeff, you really don't sound this, this way because maybe I'm just not conveying my, my thoughts properly. Maybe it's just my, you know, my brain is saying it one way and my mouth, it's not working. I don't know. So let me know if you get, if you understand what I'm saying, say, I understand what you're saying. You may not agree with it, but at least do you understand what I'm saying? And uh, you can always email me, Jeff, at the mpdude.com. You can also – and try, someone tag me. I want somebody to tag me because I had somebody in one of my things say, I, I couldn't tag you. So try doing at the NP dude and see if, if you can say, hey, at the NP dude, what's up or something. It doesn't even have to be important, but just tag me. And I'm doing this as, as a beta test to see if the tag is working. If not, i got to figure out how to get that to work. Um, otherwise, you guys can comment on the Facebook page. You can uh, – Keep sharing, man. You guys are guys. You're just really doing a great job. I, I think there was like a thousand people that saw that episode yesterday. It's normally like you know three or four hundred. So it was the over, over double the number of people, and I had a, a slight increase in likes yesterday. And so keep doing that. That's awesome. The other thing is um, catch me on iTunes, and I have no way to measure this. I think a lot of people are listening on iTunes because um, it, it's it's I'm getting comments from people that I, I don't know. I'm not seeing them liking my Facebook, and I'm getting emails from people that are not um, following me on Facebook, and that's awesome, but I just don't know how to track it, so I don't know how big this thing's going, I, and it'd be awesome to make this go viral so we can get the word out there. Yeah, I don't know if I'm that good <laughs> to go viral, but um, yeah, it'd be pretty awesome though, right? So the more people that are listening, the more, more information we can get out there, the more ideas I can get that's important to you guys. So keep sharing, keep spreading. iTunes is a great way to do it. Tell your friends, even if they're not nurse people, that, that you know, this crazy guy, maybe he's a little entertaining, he's a little wacky. If you've got nothing to do and you want to take a nap, listen to this guy, he might put you to sleep. So you're always welcome to do that too. So thanks for listening, guys. I have a great time doing this show. I'm having a great time listening to you guys and getting ideas from you. So keep spreading, keep sharing, and we'll talk soon.